Welcome to the latest episode of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This week we're discussing Colony, which got the very high score of 8.8 out of 10 from IMDb users. The original air date was February 10th, 1995. In terms of the creative team on it, there are a few notables here. It was directed by Nick Mark. This is the one and only episode directed by Nick Mark. Now, the writing was done by a few people. The script or teleplay credit goes to Chris Carter, while the story credit goes to David Duchovny and Chris Carter. Now, they're not the only ones who contributed to the story. As we said a couple weeks ago, Morgan and Wong had turned in notice so that they could go work on Space Above and Beyond. Chris Carter needed a replacement, and he needed a replacement quickly. So he went to Frank Spotnitz. Now, Frank Spotnitz, up to this point, had absolutely no experience in television of any kind. In fact, the only reason that he and Chris Carter knew each other is because they were in the same reading club together. So Carter had already invited Spotnitz to come in and pitch stories, but had shot down every pitch that Spotnitz made. When Morgan and Wong resigned, he asked Spotnitz to come pitch again, and Spotnitz pitched the idea, well, Mulder's been motivated by looking for a sister all this time. What happens if he finds her? So that's the germ of the idea that gets this going. Now, Frank Spotnitz doesn't write this episode, but he does write the second part. This is a two-parter. It's pretty mythology-heavy. In terms of the story structure, we start off with both Mulder and Scully in the teaser. Mulder's being brought into an emergency medical facility dealing with hypothermia. They put him in a tank of water to warm him back up. Scully shows up and says, no, the cold is only keeping him out of alive. you got to get him out of the tank. Then after the credits, it cuts to two weeks earlier and goes from there. Now, that trick of jumping ahead in the storyline for the teaser and then coming back later, it always has and probably always will feel like a cheat to me. It feels like they don't think they've got a strong enough teaser as it is, so let's grab some big moment from the climax, shove that at the beginning to get you going, and then we have something to build to. Now, I think this could have worked either way, and they could have come up with something at the beginning. This whole thing starts off with the investigation and the murders of three identical doctors. Wouldn't take much to start off with identical doctors, especially when you show them bleeding the green blood that we saw in the Erlenmeyer flask at the end of season one to get the faithful members of the audience going again. This introduces a number of elements to the series. This introduces the clones. This introduces the return of Samantha Mulder. It introduces Mulder's parents and lets us know that they've been divorced. It introduces the shape-shifting alien bounty hunter, as well as the alien weapon. And the weapon doesn't have an official name that I know of, it's called a plan by a lot of the online fans, for reasons we'll get into in a later episode's discussion. also has an interesting sound effect. So this weapon it has a little pneumatic needle that comes out, and that needle is used to pierce the base of the neck. And once you pierce the clone that way, that causes their death. They seem to be able to take pretty much any other damage that you can dish at them, including the bullet wounds and drowning, as we saw in the Erlenmeyer flask. Now, the sound effect is a bit interesting, because the sound designer wanted a very particular sound and a very particular hiss, and it was this sound. And he kept asking them, more like pfft, more like pfft, more like pfft. And the sound team were trying everything that they could to reproduce this sound. The sound effect we ultimately hear is the sound designer going up to Mike and going pfft with his mouth, just producing the sound that he wanted in the first place. That seemed to be the only way to make it. The alien bounty hunter is an idea that was actually brought in by David Duchovny. So he was starting to take a little more control and giving a lot more input into the plans and the mythology and the stories here. And that's actually a very big element of the story. You can't introduce something like that and not get story credit. So it's not just a case of him 
talking it through, this really shaped this episode and later ones. And the alien bounty hunter is played by Brian Thompson, who kind of looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger a bit in terms of build and in terms of facial structure. So he does fit the alien bounty hunter, supposed to be someone inspired by the Terminator. Uh, Brian Thompson's first listed credit was as a character in Terminator. His character's name was Punk. He's also done a lot of roles in various Star Trek series in Angel and Buffy, so he shows up in a few places. We get Tom Butler as another form of the alien bounty hunter, because this is a shapeshifter, and this form is of the CIA agent that he's presumably killed and replaced. We saw Tom Butler playing a different character back in Ghost of the Machine in Season 1. We see the return of Mitch Pileggi, who's you know coming down on Mulder for this investigation that leads to the death of an FBI agent in one of the field offices. And we see a number of other elements that are starting to tie things together. Scully's seeing the corrosive remains of the aliens. And in this case, she's the one who's less willing to trust than Mulder is. So we see it again. Mulder is paranoid. But when it comes to the alien conspiracy and those sorts of elements, he can put his blinders on. In this case, he was doing it even before he knew they were aliens. It was just more of an anti-government sentiment to make the government responsible for the actions that he learned they'd taken. So as the episode progresses and they're investigating these cases, Mulder gets a call from home, and it seems like Samantha's returned. Now, as the viewers, we've already seen Samantha with the doctors, who this alien bounty hunter is trying to kill. We don't know that she's Samantha yet at that stage. It's not until Mulder goes home to Martha's Vineyards, and that's where he put those pieces together. And this episode ends on a pretty effective cliffhanger as well, where Scully's in her apartment, Mulder has just walked in. The audience knows that this alien bounty hunter can shapeshift. Mulder has been told this. Scully doesn't know it yet. So Mulder comes into her apartment, and then Mulder also calls her on her cell phone. So this is when she realizes there's something weird, and that's where it cuts to be continued. So we're getting a fair amount set up for the mythology here. I'll go into a lot more detail on that in the second part of the podcast when we talk about the second part of the episode two weeks from now, as we start to see how this is all going to be put together. And this will also wrap up most of the mythology-heavy episodes that we're going to see until the season finale. So join us again in two weeks when we discuss Endgame. Thank you. Intro and outro music is Outside Poolside by Laswell, created under the Creative Commons license. All other content copyright 2015, Bureau 42. Please feel free to send any comments or feedback to bureau42podcasts at gmail.com or leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you for listening.